Today on BBC Radio 52, Oxford Union Hall presents Marvel vs. DC, a scholarly debate, featuring Jack Allison, Jonathan Daniel Brown, Leslie Lee III and Gabe Pacheco, moderated by Piers Morgan. We now join the debate in progress. So first of all, uh, Piers students and faculty of Oxford, I would like to personally thank you for inviting me and Gabe Pacheco to speak here on behalf of Marvel. Now, as part of parliamentary procedure, it is important that we all take our turns because all sides are important in Mm -hmm. this fight. Both sides are right. There are good people on both sides. Marvel and DC, two extremely influential comic book companies owned by mega corporations. Now, I fully expect that my opponents in this debate will be using the argument that Marvel Comics has been completely neutered by the Walt Disney Corporation. They're right. I won't fight against that at all. In fact, I will embrace that element of the debate. Instead, what I will be doing is focusing on how Marvel Comics, over the past, uh, I don't know, nearly 80 years or so, has focused on... Creating a socialist American ideal through Captain America. Uh, shut up. <laughs> uh, taking a stand against the military-industrial complex with the Ultimates and the Punisher Max line. And actually creating a street-level humanistic series of characters that go beyond the needs of new gods and billionaires in Gotham, but actually serve the people of real cities like New York and uh, and Los Angeles now and then until the, you know, those comic the comics in L.A. never last. So uh, I'd like to thank Gabe Pacheco for standing with me. This is a very, you know, these are very trying times. It's very hard to be a Marvel fan in 2017. That said, I believe we can endure, and I believe those who speak for DC and Time Warner and AT&T, who feel that they can stand against Disney while also simultaneously sticking up for another evil empire, are in for a surprise. And uh, thank you, Piers, for having us. Uh, I loved your CNN show. I think it's a shame it got canceled. Sir. sir. (laughs) Um... Well, uh, Leslie, would you like to take this, or, or should yes, I, 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 I will. I will. Okay. Um, I would like to thank the audience, um, the venerable students of Oxford University, for coming to this debate today. Um, I, I, I hear the event sold out immediately, and mm-hmm. we're just so happy to have so many listeners here in the UK. Um, I would like to thank our moderator, Piers Morgan, especially since you know. As we are all podcast hosts, he's allowed the debate format to be a little bit looser, so there will be less moderation. We'll really just be able to get into the weeds, and you won't really hear Piers Morgan's voice on this recording at all. Um, but yeah, it's good. I would like to thank Gabe Pacheco of the Katie Halper Show for agreeing to join with us, especially since he's taking the losing side of this debate. Um, because, And I also want to say... I actually will not be participating in the, this debate as it's laid out because it's because we're talking about DC versus Marvel. But I, I think that's ridiculous. I think everyone knows that DC 
has much more is a much more important cultural milestone than Marvel comics. <laughs> I think there's no question about that. It, it's actually unfair to um, Jonathan and Gab- Gabriel um, to make them <laughs> argue, uh, do this argument. So I will only focus on the Batman aspect of the universe, and I will wow. prove definitively that just the Batman family of comics is superior to all the output of Marvel Comics in its entire history. I, I, I think I will have no problem showing this, and I look forward to hearing uh, the uh, reader and fan response uh, to this debate, but I am sure that they will see that our side is correct. Thank uh, you. Just for the listeners at home, uh, uh, just because this is not televised, uh, Pierce's jaw just hit the table. Uh, he was so shocked at this turn of events uh, of Leslie uh, tying one hand behind his back. Uh, this, the 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 environment in here is really electric, and, and now, I say that now Pierce is putting his full fist in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Weird guy. Weird, Weird guy. guy. Pierce Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so now, uh, Gabe. Uh, thank you for um, gracing me with the floor. I just want to give a quick uh, thanks and shout-out to uh, everyone here at Oxford, um, all the students for coming out, all the TAs, the underpaid TAs. I mm. see you janitorial staff. <laughs> I want you to know that I'm here with you uh, in solidarity for your struggle. Uh, also, I'd like to thank Pierce Morgan. I've been a fan of yours since uh, your interview with Charlie Sheen, I think you do wonderful work, and I hope that dignity, <laughs> sir, dignity. <laughs> uh, objection. That- <laughs> Opening statement. Proceed. I hope that everyone here uh, supports your Patreon and all of your upcoming endeavors. Um, and I, I just want to say that I had to stand on the side of Marvel uh, for all of the wonderful. Um, uh, inspirations they gave me throughout my childhood with uh, such great um, characters as the Great Lakes Avengers and Fool Killer. Um, mm. And so I, I am uh, 100% aligned with Marvel, um, and I'm happy to be here and stand in solidarity to prove that they are a better uh, line of comic books uh, and a representation of uh, propaganda for our children uh, handed down to us from a multinational corporation. So, uh, you know, here we go. All right. All right. Jack? Um, well, uh, first of all, uh, I'd like to thank um, uh, Oxford uh, University uh, for having us here uh, mm. today. Um, I, uh, I'm a big, very big fan of the dictionary uh, uh, as well as, <laughs> uh, and the shirts as well. Uh, uh, the uh, are both uh, are doing very excellent work out there. D.C., Versus Marvel. I would also like to thank, uh, before I get into it, uh, Piers Morgan, of course, for officiating. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm not going to lie like the Marvel guys. Uh, but uh, I do appreciate you being here. And uh, I think we all appreciate your uh, uh, agreeing to go without a microphone for this event uh, uh, for the sake of our at-home fans. <laughs> it's um, very rare. It's very rare. Very, very kind of you. Um uh, because for you, for those of you at home, the man has been chatting up a fucking storm. <laughs> uh, uh, DC versus Marvel really comes down to the story of uh, two immigrants uh, uh, who came over here, um, didn't have a lot, uh, um, living in you know uh, depression era New York, um, and they were able to create a character that was so enduring and so inspiring. Um, 
and represents so much of of just what is good about the world. Um, and I think that you know the fact that everything sprung from that idea from this from this you know kind of sci-fi immigrant Jesus story. Um, you know, I, I think that even if it's been co-opted now by corporations, and no one could argue that Marvel hasn't been co-opted by uh, a corporation, and you know, DC similarly has too. I think that the the core ideas behind Disney or behind uh, uh, DC um, are just are just so much more enduring and so much more important than you know uh, a bunch of new yorkers uh all living in new york together uh deciding to wear <laughs> long underwear and beat up poor people um so you know uh dc versus marvel i think is a foregone conclusion uh thank you pierce all right well thank you jack so now we we've all talked about this we're just going to have a free a free flow conversation covering right. um three topics basically which between DC and Marvel has better characters, mm-hmm. which between DC versus Marvel has produced better comics, and then generally, which universe is better for the world and the socialist utopia we hope to create? And, and this I, this is traditional debate structure, right? Just sort of a free-flowing conversation. Yes, yes, yes <laughs> absolutely. Just people yelling and talking to each other. At, it's at, traditional at CNN point. debate structure. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, CNN debate uh, Thank you for that. And so I will start first off. Um, Batman rules. Yeah, yeah uh, Batman <laughs> Batman is awesome. Okay, I know a lot of leftists are kind of down on Batman right now saying, oh, he's just some rich guy who just goes around kicking poor people. And that's not true. He mostly kicks poor people who are also criminals. <laughs> 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 and people who are severely mentally ill but it's yeah. like, but you have to understand this is in a comic book world right the mm-hmm. basic premise as we've talked about on struggle session before is that like the i superheroes are basically um fascists uh mm. universally they're just they're just super cops right but if you're gonna have a super cop I think I want my super cop to be Batman, like just this badass dude who is just better than everybody because he works harder at it. He's not mm. gifted anything except billions of dollars, um, but <laughs> his parents have to die for that. So, you know, yeah. he was also gifted some real, you know, suffering and pain uh, as as well. And it's just that Batman is such a fun, I would put forth Batman as the best DC character because he's and every man and also not at the same time right <laughs> like he like he's like a billion, a billionaire but he's also like just some dude running around with literal gods and goddesses and still holding his own because he's smarter and better and faster and stronger than the average person through sheer will alone nothing else his the reason he's batman is not just his money that's iron man iron man can be played by some a slub schlub like Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. cannot play Batman. <laughs> like he, Christian Bell has to play Batman, you know. Uh, ben Affleck <laughs> had to put on 50 pounds and three inches of height to play Batman, okay? <laughs> so it, it doesn't work. While Ro- Robert Downey Jr., he literally just right. sits with a webcam and they shoot his head and the suit of arm, CGI suit of armor does the rest. Uh, okay. <laughs> Have you uh, ever been to Austin, Texas, and uh, seen the bats uh, come to life and awaken uh, at at dusk? Because yeah. the smell 
that comes off of that bridge <laughs> is overwhelmingly noxious and potent. And I just imagine that Batman is the that has the worst BO out of oh, yeah. all the heroes. I have no doubt that Batman smells like shit. Zero doubt at all. Which alone shows a common disregard for the common man and are woman. S- are you telling me he smells worse than man thing or thing? I mean, come on. Let's be real. Thing has no sweat glands. That's true. He's just a rock. Yeah. So I just want to start off, and first of all, and uh, I want to uh, fisk a little bit of Jack's opening argument. Part oh of his argument for DC Comics oh being better is this this immigrant's tale of, you know, the Jewish power fantasy of the Christ-like figure uh-huh. that is Superman, uh, as created by Siegel and Schuster. Well, first of all... Christ? Okay. First of all, Siegel is an immigrant. From Canada, okay. so well, so that's still an immigrant. So, so what's that's the big problem. So, so, so my father's an immigrant from Canada. Nothing wrong with Canadian immigrants, but this is not a story of people who escape persecution to create a new American fantasy. We're talking about this is look. A lot of Jews were escaping to New York from all parts of the world. <laughs> Canada was the least scary place to come from. Okay. JDB, why don't you just break out the calipers now? I mean, I feel like you're, you're, it, you're starting your argument off on race realism. All right. No, we got four. We got, we got, no, we got, no. I mean, the, the, what it boils down to is that the, funda- the foundations of both the DC universe and the Marvel universe were created by these nerdy Jews with power fantasies. Yes? In, in the wake. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. My, my big argument with Captain America and Simon and Kirby versus Schuster and Siegel, is that while Schuster and Siegel were interested in making an Ubermensch a god, now this makes sense considering the world was on fire and you had Hitler coming to power and fascism in Italy. Simon, what 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 uh, what Simon and Kirby were doing with Captain America was creating a a hero that, on a secular humanistic level, represented the best of what America had to offer doing New Deal politics. Now, Gabe and I spoke about this a little bit, and feel free to jump in anytime you want. I just wanted to add one point to what you're saying right now, is that Captain America would have voted for Bernie Sanders. Oh, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Sir, sir have some dignity. He sir. is the product of New Deal policies. Okay, and the product is, of yeah. New Deal policies. Isn't he like a Nazi right now? Like, isn't he like a Hydra agent a or some shit? Nazi. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Well, no, actually, Secret Empire is now over. <laughs> oh, okay. You won't find me defending. <laughs> you won't find me defending Nick Spencer. Don't okay. get me wrong. Well, then the debate is over. Then what? Yeah. what? <laughs> what? You've got oh, you're saying I have to. There, you're saying friend. I have to defend 80 years of canon just to, to proclaim why one character might have the the better interest of of humankind over I'm another. I'm prepared to. I'm prepared. Yeah, let's to. do it. Yeah, let's get into it. Then. <laughs> okay. Wait, I I do want to point out that I feel like you're going to be praising the Ultimates universe. Um, yeah. Later on, and in that universe, Captain America is He's a fascist. not woke, uh, correct whatsoever. But which I, is I'll, which I'll, is I'll I thought was brilliant. Okay, so which is it, JDB? Is Captain America a socialist ideal, or is he your racist uncle? No, well, Cap- I, I, look, I, I'll Captain let the America, audience decide. He Captain America, as uh, I, I'd say, he transcends uh, the identity politics and special interests of. <laughs> Of, of any one group that's being oppressed because he stands for all of the oppressed. 
And except he that he, his, including he has the America. <laughs> he got America in the name. He cannot stand for every group of oppressed people in the world. Like, he stands for specifically for one group of people. Like, maybe he'll stand for oppressed people, like, within America. But, like, I mean, you know. I, I, I 100% see where you're coming from. But as, as someone who's – I've always been down with third world liberation – but I also see why people would 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 identify with with his idealism. You know, he doesn't stand for America the Empire. He stands for Amer- America the Dream. The Dream the ideal. of you what know? of of and, and and sure the cynic, which there are many, <laughs> which there are many who read DC comics. Oh, cynic, is that true? Okay, the cynic in the grim and gritty world. Uh, in the grim and gritty. Uh, okay. Okay. The cynics of the grim and gritty world, yeah. the cynics birthed in the forge of Frank Miller's steel, they don't, they don't yeah. necessarily get that. And yet, these are the same people who will dump on the Ultimates, which is Marvel taking an attempt at subverting their own image to create a world that reflected the, uh, the a time world of George W. Bush. reflected oh. the superiority of DC Comics, bah. is what you're saying. Bah, let's right. let, okay. let's talk about the let's talk a little bit about the uh, the grim and grittiness uh, uh, of DC. No, comics. wait, wait Jack, let's we have to pause here. because uh, I still feel like they haven't you know fully defended why DC characters are better. I've said why Batman is superior. They've said why Captain America is kind of okay. Oh, sure. Depending on how you write. Yeah. It. Okay. I mean, We've talked about Captain and, and America. Is, is Superman bad because you know his his creators aren't immigrants enough? Jonathan, is that the only reason why he's a bad character? Let me let me okay, let's get let's get a little bit outside of the uh you know the origin stories of who created these people and let's go into Cuz we certainly cuz you don't want to talk about Stan Lee is why. Oh. <laughs> Anti-Semite. Oh fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Schuster's being an not immigrant They're enough. They're all Jews. All right. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Jews. Um here's the deal. Marvel characters have always, always had an emphasis on some kind of interaction with the layperson, with the man or woman on the street, without a doubt. Now, you have the Marvel Knights, you have the street-level heroes, they're always on the street, but even, even the most powerful and influential characters in the Marvel Universe have a stake in saving people and protecting people, including from the U.S. government, including from S.H.I.E.L.D., including from space demons and including from, you know, uh, exploited a businessman like, say, Wilson Fisk. Now, or characters Lex like Dare. Or- sure. Lex <laughs> I will get- Who became the president. Who became, yes. So Daredevil, Luke Cage, Spider-Man, you go on and on and on. Are you saying what Luke the- Cage? Lucas Cage is a good Luke character, the- sir. You don't like Luke Cage? He, no one likes Luke Cage. He's just the black superhero that they had, and it was the only one. And there's nothing good about him. Nicholas Cage loved Luke Cage so much he named himself after Nicholas Cage is a, <laughs> that was Nicholas Coppola. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is a crazy person. Okay, well that's not fair because he did also name his child Kal-El, which okay. is not well, crazy. Well, which is so cool. he is a bi- this is this is a bipartisan man. Yeah, this is a guy I, who can see both I, sides. There are some ways in which he's crazy, like naming himself after Luke Cage, but naming his child Kal-El. Uh, uh, of course, it's cool. And Mark of Look, Brilliance. Mark of Brilliance, actually. 
Do I have to be the male feminist in this room and uh, just give a comparison between uh, Wonder Woman uh, being sort of the the character that DC has right now for the ladies uh, Mm -hmm. versus Jessica Jones, Mm. which was probably the best Netflix series uh, out of these um, sort of street level uh, heroes to come out, arguably uh, the, the the best Netflix series out of the terrible Netflix series <laughs> yeah. is what you're saying. Uh, we, we we don't want to get into the movie. Leslie, TV. Leslie, the if you rises to the top, Leslie, of all of the shows that have people standing and fighting in hallways, <laughs> dimly lit hallways, Jessica Jones by far had the most co- cogent commentary on sexism in hallways. <laughs> and mind control see, and patriarchy see, in hallways. I will see that point. I will see that. Point. <laughs> it was definitely the best of uh, Netflix's that Marvel said, hallway quadrilogy. How uh, many times? How many times have you seen fucking Stephen Amell gritting up his voice, going, "You have failed this city," and acted like you were somehow superior, as if. As if the DC Universe isn't on CW, the network that's most famous for making porn for teenagers. Oh, come on. Wow. Sir, okay. Smallville. <laughs> sir, Smallville, sir. Have you no uh, yeah. Have you no I like, I like, I like Smallville. I'm being a prick. <laughs> I, I, I do want to get into that because you did mention the character, Green Arrow, who is an yeah. explicitly leftist yeah. superhero who explicitly fights corporate interests taking over the, his city. This is not subtext. This is text. You don't have to dive deep to see this. He is a leftist superhero. And while I did say I will only argue the Batman universe, him and Batman are friends. So it counts. Thank you. (laughs) In fact, Batman's got a lot of friends that Leslie might be talking about (laughs) during the course of this debate. We at Marvel, not we, I'm not a part of Marvel. I, I read, I don't even read that much Marvel anymore. We have the ultimate anti-corporate superhero borderline he's i wouldn't say he's a leftist but who kills rich people better than the punisher and who better to take on the military industrial complex than the garth ennis marvel knights max run which not only showed that the punisher was willing to kill street crooks but was willing to kill people in the u.s military and (laughs) is willing to kill people in the cia and is willing to kill anybody who puts people in harm's way for power and profit like these this is a this is not somebody who just, you know, occasionally shoots an arrow in someone's head and then goes, I'm tired of killing people. My <laughs> yeah. feelings are hurt. This is a guy who I thought unapologetically murders. Weren't, Frank you Miller, just like, weren't, uh, weren't you like 10 minutes ago talking about how uh, fucked up and grim and gritty the DC universe was? Uh, sure. Uh, now you're yeah. stalling the virtues of like this supposed hero who just guns people down indiscriminately. Like you're literally you're talking about like you're like uh, DC is just so gross. And oh, grim don't and try gritty. to anyway, don't try like, to blue uh, lives uh, matter. The Punisher anyway, just because like, Netflix did. Anyway, Stephen Paddock, man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, is very cool <laughs> and leftist. Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis's Punisher run was not about making the Punisher a good person. Oh, oh, the Punisher so it's it, like a typical DC dark and gritty comic book. Thank you very yeah. much. I will actually say, I will concede the point. Punisher Max is one of the greatest comic runs of all time. I will say that. Uh, I, I have no problem conceding that. But I will say that the only reason Punisher Max exists is because of DC's Vertigo imprint. It was that, it was Marvel's failed ultimately attempt to replicate the success of DC Vertigo, which is a whole entire universe 
of deeper, more mature, more adult stories, sometimes using traditional superheroes, sometimes using original creations, which Marvel knows a little about, which is why Marvel Max ultimately failed, because they were using properties that their parent corporation wanted to make movies and TV shows and toys from. And so they had to kill the Max line. But I will concede Marvel Max is great, but it's only great because of its aping of DC's, uh, of the well-worn uh, path that DC's already had tread. And that was a terrible mixed metaphor. Uh, uh, it, it was No, I, no, no. But uh, you know this, uh, just as an aside, you know the story of, of Clooney and Nick Fury, right? No, no. Clooney and Nick, no. So George Clooney was going to play Nick Fury in a uh, in a movie, and then he saw he saw the Garth Ennis comic <laughs> where Nick Fury pushed his uh, his 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 like nephew with Down syndrome into like a zoo like pit filled with lions, and he was like, I I can't do this movie. And then everyone <laughs> at Marvel freaked. That was actually how Max ended. That is so funny. That's so fucked. That's is fucked that they they, <laughs> they the Garth Ennis made this the, the the Fury Max comic is one of the weirdest, most twisted, amoral things I've ever read. And that said, you can praise Vertigo for being a successful you know creator owned imprint under the DC banner. However, to me, independent comics were not a part of this debate. Oh, sir! <laughs> so sir. independent sir. comic, and a long-running creator-owned comic. So is not Marvel Max, comics. Marvel Max is not an independent creator's line. It is not so like is Vertigo an is neither. Vertigo is not. It's like Constantine. Own. It was like Hellblazer and shit. Oh, that's I, true. Yeah. No, but 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 uh, a lot of the Vertigo, like Fables and and. Uh, those are all owned by the creators, right? Isn't that no, no, no. Like, they're, they're owned by Warner Brothers. I think. Yeah, I think they might have oh, one shit. or two that were creator so, owned, but now most of them aren't. I think Piers is indicating that uh, uh, we should let Gabe in for yeah, a second. Yeah, well, Gabe. I, sorry, I need to interject, Leslie, to the point that um, uh, like uh, DC may have paved the way, but uh, everyone's aping everyone, and and this there's a dialectic happening, and just because <laughs> Vertigo. Uh, came out first doesn't mean that Max wasn't better or that uh, maybe you have a Dark Knight Returns with Frank Miller, but what's the logical extension of where Frank Miller went? That he's a lunatic. Uh, and you've got people who take the ideas, his inspiration, and ran with it better. And I'd say that the Marvel characters are more suited for nuanced uh, takes on real world issues. And uh, because they've all got they've got um internal landscapes you know the neurosis of uh, peter parker uh plays better to uh, real audiences and and gives us something to identify with or uh frank castle's uh, nuanced gray <laughs> nuanced gray <laughs> radical centrism <laughs> is is uh is is interesting to me you know um is something that's compelling for modern audiences or I, um iron man tony stark's uh, is a little bit more conflicted about uh, being a, a war profiteer mm-hmm. and uh, an arms uh, dealer in a way that uh, Bruce Wayne never could be. Because Bruce and that's Wayne an important not thing. Di- Bruce Wayne is not an arms dealer. I, I, have a couple point, I have a couple points that I want to make about this, uh, and I've been sitting on this for a little bit here. Uh, um, so, I, okay, we were talking about how the, the Marvel characters, like, you know, they're more nuanced and we're more able to relate with them, ostensibly because they exist in our real world. Uh, uh, now, we're talking a lot about, like, the chicken, you know, whether the chicken or the egg came first, uh, uh, you know, who influenced who. Uh, and we talk a lot about, like, 
the sort of negative, grim and gritty influence of like uh, Alan Moore uh, and Frank Miller, which, by the way, we're using as, you know, uh, uh, examples of like negatives of the DC universe. But these are like, you know, well regarded as some of the greatest comic books that have like ever been released. Universally uh, uh, regarded. Universally And like influential. But I would actually make the argument that I and think why that- aren't they canon? Because can, who cares about canon? Oh, this is the Marvel. This handicap. is your Marvel bullshit. Yeah, uh, 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 um, can't you've thrown can. me off? Because now can. I want to like kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll deal with canon next, but go, go yeah, ahead, we'll deal with canon a little bit. So, but but I, I was just gonna say that I think that actually. DC characters are more equipped f- to uh, uh, show people things about themselves in the real world because they don't live in the real world. Yes. I make the argument that Marvel muddies things by making it exist in real world New York. And there, and there is a transformative power to myth. Uh, and these characters are mythic characters. Yes. These are like Greek god yes. stories. And so like yes. you know, super <laughs> Superman flying into space to defeat War World maybe has, you know, more real world meaning and implication to us than Doctor Doom watching the World Trade Center fall and having a t- tear roll down his face. Like, I, I think that, that it becomes JMS. confused uh, uh, when you try to like set these things in the real world uh, uh, and, and these things are at their best when they're at their most mythic and and unlike the real world. Well, that's yeah. what I had to say. <laughs> so these superheroes are Greek gods. <laughs> yeah, these superheroes and like Greek gods. They don't fucking help anybody. Oh, okay. Come on. They Low. Batman. Low. What? What? Are, the money. Look, we're talking about you're, you're, Stark is a war profiteer. Yeah, and Stark should be. I mean, look, in a perfect world, Stark would have to give his Iron Man suit to the, you know, to the Hague. However, there is an acknowledgement within the Marvel Universe itself that Stark is a war profiteer. Mm-hmm. Batman, Bruce Wayne, has the rep, uses his shield of being a playboy and a trust fund baby to... uh to what? Beat up all of the crazy people that his insanity created? But, but okay, see, this so is no, the argument. The argument that- this is why he ha- he's actually... So, JDB, you're contradicting yourself because you're talking about how Marvel is superior because it has internal postmodern critiques of Marvel in in the universe. And that is a weakness of Marvel, actually. <laughs> no, it takes place in a real world that no, but, is messy see, and inconsistent. Here, here's the argument that I would make, actually, is that... Acknowledging that Tony Stark lives in our real world and is a war profiteer, like, just makes him a fucked up and bad person just to begin with. Like, because we're setting it in the real world that I live in. Yes. What Leslie was talking about earlier, this idea that, like, you know, superhero universes are different and that these are bad guys. We're watching people fight, like, good versus evil. I can believe, because the DC universe is so cartoonish and so separate from our real world, that maybe every street criminal is legitimately a villain. Like, just like we talked about <laughs> in previous episodes. But is it cartoonish episodes, like, or ultra-gritty? I don't think that it—I I actually don't make—I don't think that DC— has I think that everyone always argues that Marvel is more grounded and street level. Yes. And I think that those are just synonyms for gritty. Like street I don't level agree. means like street level doesn't I, mean gritty. I, street level means class conscious. Street level means I, conscious. I, I do disagree with you, Jack. I feel like street level is well, uh, then just cut a that synonym part for boring. <laughs> <laughs> a synonym for boring. As Leave it have, in then. As we have seen play out in 
Daredevil uh, TV shows. How can and you movies. say how? Okay, Daredevil TV shows and movies. First of all, I'll be I'll be the guy who says that uh, Vincent D'Onofrio pretty good on that show. Yes, good he was actor. Good. He's good. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the Daredevil show. I'm not really a fan of any of the Disney Netflix stuff. However, I will say that when I was a teenager, The Devil in Cell Block D by Ed Brubaker was one of the coolest noir comics I had ever read at the time. Okay. And so, I, so, I wasn't objection, reading, objection, yeah. objection. Ed Brubaker yes. has written for both DC and Marvel equally. Yes, yeah. He is a fantastic writer. Yes, he but must when be I was growing up, table. he was writing for Marvel. Yeah, he must be taking off. No, no, no. And, because, and also a lot of the same stuff that and, was done in Daredevil wait, was done You take done Brubaker off the table. You take, Central. Wait, wait. You take Brubaker off the table. Here's what you're... Uh, that is a handicapping on our end. Because while Brubaker wrote some DC comics, the comics he wrote were about, again, street-level people like Gotham Central. Brubaker was writing superheroes like Daredevil... And he was writing superheroes like, uh, well, Daredevil. Oh, he was writing like, superheroes like Oh, no, Batman. he was writing Captain America. Captain America? And Captain America, the Winter Soldier run that we all love so much. Yeah, uh, it was okay. Or that, that, that Gabe and I love so much. <laughs> oh, come on! Not, like, only, so, not only is yeah, Winter Soldier a great comic arc, it was the last movie that Marvel made before it was acquired by the Disney Borg. So the return <laughs> of the Red Hood was superior in every way <laughs> to the Winter Soldier Jesus run. Jesus Christ. Using the exact you think same that, character and a you worse think that, writer. Yeah, I don't know. A much worse writer <laughs> did a better job with the same story. Was that, um, oh boy. who was that who wrote that? It was that? Judd, uh, the Judd guy, Winnick. Judd Winnick. Judd Winnick from the from Real, Real World. He's <laughs> <laughs> not a great writer, but no. here's the thing, though. That story was like Six issues. Uh, yeah. Winter Soldier was like, you know, 37 or something like I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to have to split from Leslie here also to say that uh, The Return of the Red Hood was extremely bad. No, but, it was, uh, it was uh, at least it was mercifully Jason only six Todd issues. Jason Todd didn't need to exist. Never. Yeah, I th- I think there is no need for Jason there Todd. About 45 minutes ago. Uh, what were you going to say there? Uh, Gabe? Oh, yeah. Hey, hey this was what I was going to get at was uh, you're talking about uh, Brubaker writing for two different uh, companies, but... The thing is, is uh, we're not talking about the writers. We're talking about the characters. Yeah. So when we're talking about the characters, what do the writers do with the characters? And mm-hmm. I have to back up that that Daredevil run was amazing. So, so and yeah, that's <laughs> you know, I, I, Devil and So Block D. And then yeah. his arc in Europe was some but, of the... But then if we're talking about what people can do with the characters, I think that that can speak to the, the richness of the DC universe. Yes. I mean, Daredevil Look. is a character that has had great runs and that has been a great character for, for, for years. I mean, outside of Ed Brubaker. But Ed Brubaker can go over the DC universe and take side characters like Renee Montoya uh, mm-hmm. and like uh, uh, Harvey Bullock uh, and build out, you know, uh, a, a procedural to rival the likes of C- of Law and Order. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Venerable. Law and order. <laughs> off topic. Yeah. Off topic. No, 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 no. Uh, it's, it's, who does hip hop ref- uh, hip hop artists always reference Marvel characters? I, 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 I can see the point. I can see the point. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll concede well, that point. Marvel, as well. if we want, done more Marvel, Mar- Mar- well, <laughs> well, Marvel does. Disney has done more. Disney. The, Marvel does. Marvel does the hip hop covers, which 
I, I know what you're doing. You're, you're almost trying to get me to admit that they pander to black people. Uh, uh, which uh, I will like. I will concede. Marvel panders to black people okay. all the fucking time. All right, so it let's keep it straight uh, level. D- DC has the opposite problem, I would say. Of DC's not white as enough. fuck. They do not give a shit. I, I, I will, I, so it, it, we should move. Uh, uh, Piers is uh, kind of giving us to move on. Uh, oh, because no. like, as soon as I bring up black people, Pierce tells me. <laughs> I, I see how it is. Right. Yeah, all right, Pierce. So we, we didn't uh, explicitly list it, but we should probably get into canon uh, a little bit and then get into the Superior comics. So I, okay. I'll, I'll start off by saying canon doesn't matter. It's a goofy thing and <laughs> that Marvel is obsessed with to the point where they bend themselves into not doing things like <laughs> giving Nick Fury a black fully grown son so that he's exactly like the Nick Fury in the movies when what you mark what DC would do is they would just create another universe they would say Earth 53 has a black Nick Fury and that's it and they would publish <laughs> that comic and that approach is so much so superior so much more fun so much more so much easier on the reader i mean elsewhere worlds alone alone is the output from Elseworlds is probably superior to all of Marvel's output in its entire history. I, I, I leave the floor to the uh, losing side. Elseworlds, <laughs> Elseworlds is good. Elseworlds is good. Uh, you know, you can't, you, I'm not going to say that Superman, Red Sun, or Gotham by Gaslight are bad comics. And, and let me not, say, let me fantastic. make one, one, one quick point. What the, so DC has Elseworlds, other worlds. What does Marvel have? What if? Marvel? What, what if? Just compare those two words. DC is saying the comic you are spending three ninety nine on is a different world and it's real. Marvel is saying the comic you're spending three ninety nine on is just you know some you know masturbatory daydream. I, it's I, like the the fourth Deadpool kills the Marvel universe this month or whatever. Okay, sometimes what the world needs is the masturbatory daydream. And I'm all That's all about comics really are. It, yeah, so let's just let's just admit it. Uh, it's all fantasy. But I have to say, two entry points I had into collecting comic books were: what if Wolverine became Lord of the Vampires, which is one of the best Frank Castle stories ever. <laughs> And, next with uh, next to Archie meets the Punisher, <laughs> <laughs> and a huge fan of um, uh, what's the other one? What if uh, the X Men had lost Inferno, which was the darkest uh, one issue one off I'd read <laughs> up, up to that point. Everybody gets brutally murdered by a possessed Wolverine, and I was hooked. After that, I wanted to read everything that Marvel put out. Uh, is, and, and Gabe, not to interrupt you, but um, <laughs> you said what if Wolverine was the king of the vampires? What if Batman was the king of the vampires? Oh, wait, we have that comic thrice over. Batman, Red Rain, Superior, and its two sequels. Fantastic uh, collection by Doug Minch and Kelly Jones. Um, Uh, They left me cold. They left me cold. Sir. (laughs) Sir. I like Red Rain, and I'm on the Marvel side. <laughs> but please, Gabe, continue. Uh, Pierce right. Morgan is Gabe, currently I'm, holding Leslie back. I, I'm sorry. I, I apologize to, uh, to everyone here. Uh, Gabe, please continue. <laughs> no, they did. They did uh, the, the brutal murders of all of Batman's villains by uh, Vampire Batman. Just at, com- just, I, I couldn't handle it. 
It was, it but was the a bad if, but comparatively, comic book. But comparatively, like, that's what the entire What If series is almost. Like, well, what if, you know, the Elseworlds are basically, like, are these ideas of, like, you know, what if Superman was a communist? Like, the Elseworlds are, like, what if something slightly different happened in, like, Byzantine continuity so that you can just watch, like... Revenge Byzantine continuity for twenty two pages. Like you're talking about Byzantine continuity. But what I'm talking about, okay, like I'm saying that like the idea is that like in Superman, it's uh, in in you know uh, um, Red Sun. It's like what if he had landed in Russia instead? That's a that's a part of the very basic continuity of like uh, of Superman. That's part of the Superman origin story. But these what ifs are like what if like uh, what if Kitty Pride hadn't opened the door to the uh, X Men mansion and then. It's like it turns out if the door was closed, everybody would have gotten like fucked to death by Mephisto or something. Like let's, it's always let's, that they all die. I want like, to make I want to make two. Issues. I want to make two serious points. One, first of all, you're talking about Byzantine continuity. Okay, I, that I don't even know where to fucking to start with half of these DC comics. I'm like, oh, you got to check out the New Fifty Two. Oh no, you have to check out Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, you should check out Identity Crisis. Actually, you should check out Final Crisis. Well, actually, you should check out uh, just Fifty Two, not New Fifty Two. I don't even know what the fuck you guys are talking sir, about half sir, the time. Sir, 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 sir. you uh, have changed to... the numbering of your comics every other month. Okay, yeah. So, which <laughs> number one am I supposed to read? At least uh, those number ones are accessible. <laughs> they're accessible on. because they because they, and you talk about like the rich history of Marvel. They're accessible because they they just don't have anything going on. Oh. They're like episodes of a television show. Yes. Like, look, so, if you're talking about uh, uh, giving people entry points into the ideology, into making things accessible, then Marvel did that for me as a child because I would open up an issue of West Coast Avengers. And then there would be a little asterisk, and it would say "See mm-hmm. Avengers uh, mm. issue forty-two to to see what's going on here." So it it allowed me into this um, richer universe where I saw that the pieces were interconnected, and and I see the benefit of that. Uh, Gabe, I, I hate I, to break I, break this I to was, you, but DC had editors too, and they looked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I just, didn't they? Did, didn't they like, all just get fired for harassment? <laughs> 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 That's dark. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure Marvel's got those too. Um, I mean, Marvel has the guy that like pretended to be a, a cura. Yeah, oh, yeah, Kira Yoshida. Sibulski, you know I what I like? Like, Wolverine Soul Taker. I, I do see some value. I do think I do see value in Marvel being accessible, and I do see the value in it being a way of exposing people to you know a new universe, so that ultimately they can come to the one correct universe. Yes. If Marvel's the first <laughs> one you get into because it's easier, so, that's great. Like then when you get to like the big boy stuff, we, you know we can talk. <laughs> so I grew up. During, you know, the Bill Clinton, George W. Bush years, part of the reason why I'm fucked up. One of many. But when I found the Ultimate Universe, I had never, I had never seen a mainstream comic book specifically targeted for, like, not older teens, but younger teens that was making comments on imperialism. That was showing Peter Parker as a, you know, a a kid in, in the 21st century. That was showing uh, how discrimination towards the X-Men would work in a new world. That shows how the Avengers could be repurposed into a tool for corporate and imperial power. These were all things that DC Comics admittedly has touched before, but not... I mean, again, Elseworlds, I would even go as far as to say, was a shield for taking bolder risks in the main universe. The Ultimate Universe was not? Is not? The Ultimate Universe... Was was 
as far as I'm concerned, one of the most exciting things that ever happened to mainstream superhero comics. You're not, I, you're not answering my question, sir. You're Sorry, answering. answer it. Ask again. I, I'm, <laughs> you said the Elseworlds label was yes. a shield. It's a shield. To stop DC from uh, catching shit. And the Ultimates label was not. The Ultimates label was not, and the reason is, is because the Ultimates label actually ended up superseding the 616, because the 616 was not having oh. the best of times. Okay, let me go. And in, everyone writing for the Ultimates so, got so, hired. So, sir, uh, so JDB, I will go out, let me go on uh, Comixology and buy the latest issue of Ultimate Spider-Man um, right now. Pierce, <laughs> <laughs> step in here. <laughs> I want to say here, too, that you said... Again, I will not defend that, Disney blowing up my favorite comic universe. No. <laughs> you said that uh, DC has touched on these ideas before. Yes. Um, and I think that DC has touched on a lot of these ideas, like, long before. I actually think that, like, a lot of these sort of, like, uh, uh, bigger... I, I think that there are, like, big ideas in things like the Jack Kirby New Gods run. Like, and that's an incontinuity story in, mm-hmm. like, the 1960s that touches on, like, you know, uh, uh, corporate media and stuff like that. Well, it's it's, so, it's like, very interesting how uh, the creators that jump between both companies uh, tend to actually have interesting perspectives. That aren't that aren't just bound to whatever the the party line is. It's Sorry, I should have said that out loud. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, the truth is. In the- <laughs> so, Gabe, any final word, yeah. words on canon before we move on? I uh, I have to say that um, Marvel. I grew up in DC in the middle of uh, the crack era, and um, I identified with the Punisher because he was street level at that time, and his stories were crazy and uh they blew they blew my mind like there was an episode where he's at there's a serial killer who's killing uh cab drivers and um it turns out to be a a woman who was not picked up by a cabbie and she is and was assaulted uh because of that and then afterwards to for revenge she's killing cabbies so the Punisher goes undercover oh, wow. as like a Travis Bickle character. <laughs> Sounds like a very uplifting uh, Marvel story. <laughs> one of the darkest stories I'd ever read. But as a little kid, I was like, you know, that re- that really captured my attention in a way I don't think a a Superman comic book I, I wouldn't have identified with him. You know, um, just trying to save the universe. Well, you know, uh, in the uh, same way that this street level story now, was this, this uh, dude, affected was, me. Was this before or after uh, Punisher was turned into a Frankenstein monster? No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize. Did you actually? Did you ever? Did you read Rick Remender's Frankencastle run? No, sir. I, it's it's look, it's all pablum, but like it's fucking fun pablum. It was fun. It's like it's Frankencastle like was a fun arc. I um, actually, I, I was, I was say, shocked how much I enjoyed it. I was going to say, you know that. Uh, uh, you know, growing up in D.C. during the crack epidemic and everything like that, uh, you might find something interesting in the uh, Neil Adams uh, Green Arrow run. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, where Speedy? His sidekick Speedy becomes a heroin <laughs> addict uh, that I believe came out <laughs> Karen in the Page 1970s. got addicted to heroin. I believe that came out in the 1970s and had very real, uh, uh, you know, social uh, uh, implications. And uh, or, yeah, give uh, it a read. I will. Also, a Cloak and Dagger uh, Marvel comic book characters, their origin story is horrific they're both like brutal they're like runaways that get captured by uh drug dealers and sent to like a 
like a test a shooting gallery where they're testing new drugs and all of the <laughs> other all of the other runaways die from the dose they get the hot the hot doses but uh cloak and dagger they survive and miraculously get superpowers oh from this uh super soldier serum that gets mixed into the heroin uh, so <laughs> Yeah, they're a, they're a mutant interracial junkie couple. Oh, sir, sir, <laughs> that, they, sir, I don't think they're a couple most of the time, actually. I'm really pissed me off. Up? I, reading, no, I, I, I guess by this point they have, but I remember reading Cloak and Dagger back in the day. I'm like, what? They're not going to hook up? They're not They're not together? I'm like, that's bullshit. As a little black kid. <laughs> I was like, that's, yeah, that's no. Yeah. I feel yeah. Uh, it's, so not, it's not fair. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's move on. Let's get into it. Um, the comics. And... I, yes. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, very quickly, uh, give me one second. I'm just going to read a list of things to you, and I think that will make my argument for me. Let me just make, get the okay from Piers first. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he says it's fine. Vigorously. Okay. Red Rain, The Cult, The Dark Knight Returns, Gotham Central, Year One, The Long Halloween. Batman Annual number 14. <laughs> Shadow of the Bat, The Last Arkham. Batman Adventures, Mad Love. The Killing Joke. Gotham by Gaslight. Batman and the Monster Men. The Doom that Came to Gotham. Batman oh. Death Blow. Batman, Gotham Noir. Batman Year 100. Batman Huntress. Cries this is a great newsarama list you've got there. Oh, Catwoman. <laughs> Trail of the Catwoman. Batwoman Elegy. <laughs> Batman Death and the Maidens. I have just listed to you 70 or 80 Batman comics that make up a canon that is entirely superior to anything my um fellow panelists will have to offer for Marvel. The fact is people know the Marvel characters. People like the Marvel characters. People like seeing them in movies. They like seeing, buying toys with them. But when it comes to stories that endure, that stand the test of time, that change comics forever, DC is clearly superior to Marvel and Batman alone <laughs> defeats Marvel. And that, you know what? That is all. I'm just, I'm going to fire a shot. I'm going to fire a shot right now, which is that late 2000s Moon Knight run, just as good as Grant Morrison's Batman run. Okay. Uh, that, Charlie, Charlie. Sir, sir, I did not no, name no. a single Grant Morrison comic. I do that's know. true. Okay. I'm being an asshole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Leslie doesn't claim Grant Morrison. That's uh, Grant Morrison's Jax. Um, okay. I like Grant can't, Morrison. Can't, can't, can't. Uh, I'm never going to read that Moon Knight run because uh, I, it's like, that's like reading that Moonlight run or Moon Knight run is like, you know, when they do those like Turkish knockoff movies, <laughs> like, or something. That's like, like, uh, you know, those like movies like Asylum, like Transmorphers or something. Like, it's yeah, just that's like. How Moon Knight feels Yeah. To you. Moon Knight is just like a fake Batman comic. Yes. Like, it's Moon not, Knight is actually willing to admit that he's schizophrenic batman will never admit that he's a mentally ill person okay cool because well, I, I love i love 
I love characters that are only interested in the context of how they're like slightly different from other more enduring characters. Uh, <laughs> I, I always like that that trope in fiction. Yeah, I think that's, that's why that we're all reading really well. Doc Savage comics right now. Well, okay. All right. Doc so, Savage is cool, actually. I, I know. <laughs> Doc Savage is all right. <clears throat> all right. Well, say say uh, one Marvel comic that's uh, even as good as any of the ones on the list uh, that Leslie Gay, just gave. please. Oh, uh, Old Man Logan. <laughs> what are you it's, laughing about? Keep going. It's good. Keep old going. Man Logan. That's cool. it, man. I'm loving Old Man Logan. I, lo- I, lo- I mean, I'm a huge What If fan, and I like seeing a future where uh, we've got this guy at the end of his rope just wandering around the countryside where hulks are running things. And you know what's great is that Marvel has brought Old Man Logan, Logan into the regular universe to just run it into the ground for no reason <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> it doesn't even make now, sense. He's now just Old Wolverine, Man Logan old. is... He's just there too. Like he's also there. Yeah, mm. um, a loving. Uh, I loved Civil War. Civil, Civil War, War is War. actually very good, and I'm tired of the revisionist history pretending it wasn't. The revisionist it's very history. Good. People hated it at the time, sir. No, they didn't. They loved That's it. That's because they have hated post nine eleven. Uh, unite. They hated the Patriot Act. They hated the era that we were in. And the Civil <laughs> yeah, the War people just reflected it to you know it held a mirror up. People yeah, just War. like the issue of Jay, of Jay Straczynski's. I mentioned this earlier. It held a mirror, just like the issue where nine eleven actually happened in the Marvel <laughs> universe. <laughs> that that mirror, like a very literal mirror, was held up. Uh, well, the nice thing about Civil War is that it recontextualized everything for. It took all of the great Ultimate Comics stuff going on, it brought it to the 616, and then it actually successfully integrated the the themes. The downside is after Civil War, the Ultimate Universe was pretty much useless, and so Jeff Loeb decided to whack his dick all over it and ruin everything. However, Civil War was a watershed moment because it was proof that Mark Miller and Marvel Comics could tell stories that reflected this new brave era that we're living in, and on a on a wide scale, on a mega event scale. So what was what was the comment of? Uh, I guess it was just that like we're all being monitored or something like that. And no. like, is it worth it for security or something? It's about. It's absolutely about the trade between uh, freedom and security, and about the military industrial complex using you know people as weapons. But also, you know, it was kind of just about like. Watching the Marvel characters just fight against only each other, uh, mm. uh, and which has kind of been a hallmark of every single Marvel event ever since. <laughs> um, I don't know, like I guess for my superhero events, and I'm not like that big on the event comics just in general, but I would just prefer to see them like fight like a universe-ending monster like Darkseid yes. and defeat him rather now, see, than give just me, have give like me, give me a school bus bombing Spider-Man in Stamford, again. Connecticut over another Darkseid yeah, incursion. Le- leading up oh. to, like with, with lead up as like five issues of just like Spider-Man fighting uh, uh, Iron Man like in, in poster shots. Well, no. Iron Man gives Spider-Man a new suit. And then he, be- and then Spider-Man And then they fight each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see... And all that, by the way, happens out of the actual Civil War comic because like the lead up to Civil War was like a fucking mess. Where like, by the way, all no, the lead up to Civil War wasn't a mess. The yes, Stanford was. bombing the, was dope. All the lead up to Civil War was bad. Like it made Tony into clearly the villain. Like, yes, all the nuance was Tony gone. is not a. That was the whole point. Is that it? Mark Miller exposed Tony Stark to be a villain. Hey, he hey, never. Hey, I like I like superheroes that are superheroes. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> that's an in. But that's an in canon deconstruction. That like you, you look. Yeah, it's like Frank not, like, Miller not like would never be able to. 
write uh, a Dark Knight Returns type comic in the 616 proper. In fact, the last time he tried to do that, he he made some weird Islamophobic thing and was like, DC, <laughs> DC called and said, hey, Frank, uh, you got to take Batman out of this fucking thing. And you know what Marvel <laughs> was in that situation? If he had done that with Daredevil, they would have 100% polished it. They would have 100% Bullshit. <laughs> polished it. Bullshit. Are you kidding me? The way you see these, like, chuds and alt-right people? Like, look, current Disney Marvel isn't good because it's cheap and it's, like, neolib and it has, like, a lot of themes that are pretty weak. But, like, part of the issue is that, like, that with, with the alt-right specifically fetishizing DC and going after Marvel is because that Marvel does actually have a more diverse lineup of heroes. If we want to actually get into the, the social politics, I'd... Pre- I'd rather not because it, again, Mar- like there is an element of pandering yes. in all of this because this is all. But the reason that the Chuds like their Greek gods and like their Aryan Norsemen and and their uh, Aryan Norsemen like Thor, yeah. Which which Aryan Norsemen Norsemen were you talking about there? Uh, I was talking specifically about which like, blonde hair blue Hawk- guy was it? Captain America? I was talking, you were talking about, about like Hawkman. Oh, Hawkman? Oh, yeah. The, who, I don't even think has blonde hair. He's not Aryan. Or no, did I say, I did oh, say Hawkman? I meant Aquaman. Sorry. I, I said Aryan. I think Aquaman you meant to say is like a, Aquaman is like an Aryan Norseman. He is like an Aryan ideal, Aquaman, except he lives under the sea. Okay, fine. And wears an orange shirt. Aquaman. Yeah, he's the Ubermensch. <laughs> no, but I mean, all of the DC characters are Ubermenches. I mean, and, and arguably, the difference is, is that the Marvel characters do prioritize the people around themselves, which is what people do. They 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 care about the people around themselves. Uh, the DC characters are constantly in these philosophical battles over, like, massive, like, uh, galaxy-spanning proportions, but like they don't mean War. anything. Infinity War is a movie. <laughs> also, Gauntlet, I should say. I just saw the trailer for Infinity War last night. It seems like there's some new uh, spinning CG thing that there's has come to stone. Earth that they need to defeat. No, okay. that's like that's not a common thing in Marvel anyway. It's like uh, like universe-ending monsters swarming onto the Earth. No, 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 no. Instead, instead they just take like a like like Michael Shannon's corpse and reanimate him, <laughs> and they just have a big old blob that. And then they'll just uh, have a bunch of Wonder Woman crotch shots, courtesy of Brett Ratner sir, and Steven Nugent. Sir, sir, you're getting <laughs> off topic. You're getting off topic. <laughs> all right, Gabe, all right. please, please save your team. Yes, Look, yes. Look, uh, we, I, I, I have to agree. I like Mar- Marvel characters bleed. Uh, Marvel characters have uh, families and friends, and they live in a world that I can identify. And where are those great and, comics? Uh, and we're looking at <laughs> that. Where we got to do we had members to bleed. I, I would like to hear them. You know, and I, I gotta say, I, I just, uh, I, I loved reading Hulk when he was gray. Mm. Uh, you know, and I, I th- so that was just a run of the incredible. The Hulk. gray, was the great, the gray Mr. Hulk Fix run. It. Yeah, I loved Mister Mr. Mr. Fixer, Fix and then also Planet Hulk by Greg Pak, one of the best, which is Gladiator. It's Gladiator in space. With, with, oh, yeah, with that's really Hulk. down to earth. Yeah. I really, really understand that. <laughs> but it is. But it is. Because it is about how, like, these are universal themes. You can take an angry man, turn him green, and shoot him across the fucking galaxy, and he'll still retain what makes him human. Um, are there any good Marvel comics uh, from before the TV show Lost was airing? <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Because uh, I can think of a couple. So if we want to go to Spider Man, like we can go to the you know, seventy-year history. Two, yes. Okay. I'm yeah. young. I'm 28. Uh, Fuck you. The, the um, Todd, Mc, Todd McFarlane run of Spider Man. Uh, okay. No, that is the dope. amazing, amazing Spider Man run. Yeah. That was my. I love that. I was gonna. I was actually gonna. Yeah. I was gonna talk about the two major death arcs in Spider Man: the Gene DeWolf and Gwen Stacy. Uh, Gene DeWolf, I think, had one of the coolest deaths in comics. She's, you know, the, as everyone knows, as everyone listening knows, including <laughs> peers, uh, the corrupt police chief uh, who was, or she wasn't actually corrupt in, sorry, the mainstream line. She was corrupt in the, the ultimate. Hey, guys, My Robin mistake. got beaten to death by the Joker with a crowbar <laughs> and then blown up while, <laughs> because he was betrayed by his mother. I, I, I rest my case. <laughs> Wasn't that done by vote, though? Didn't they decide whether Joker yes. kills him so or not? Fan participation. Yeah. That's morbid. That's a bonus. That's so fan morbid. It's fan participation. It was social media. And that's before. like when Lorne Michaels had like the SNL audience kill off Andy Kaufman, and then he died for real. I want to say, uh, um, so I do agree that those are the, those early Spider-Man stories are very good. Yes. Uh, uh, now, can you name me a good Spider-Man story since Lost started airing? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, everything in the Ultimate Universe. Ultimate Peter okay. Parker. Anything um, mainline the, Spider-Man? Uh, are you talking about, like, the post-Brand New Day Dan Slott stuff? No, I mean, like, even pre-Brand New Day. Like, even we're talking about, like, JMS's run was good. I mean, look. Ooh, boy. Yeah, no. Are you serious? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. I didn't, look, I mean, if you, if you, look, if you take out the spider totems and you take out Norman Osborn banging Gwen Stacy. Yeah, oh, you take out, like, out like, like two 70% main of the run. Like, <laughs> Those are not the two main things. Those are. Are <laughs> no the two main things in JMS's run was about Spider-Man maintaining a crumbling marriage, which was really interesting and hadn't really been done before. Oh yeah, no, we've ended... never seen anything where someone's marriage just crumbles. I, I've never no, that, that's never happened before. <laughs> you never seen you never seen you never seen Spider-Man lose. Oh, when was the last time Lois Lane dumped Superman? That's happened, JDB. That happened before it, it happened. In uh, she got really pissed off at him for a while. Like they went through a real Shit. they went through a real period. Uh, it wasn't just. But it wasn't like the storyline. That's the thing. Nobody really knows about it. But it was part. It was what was going on. I mean, being with a superhero is hard stuff. Um, just look at the myriad of women who have left Batman uh, for various reasons. Yeah, like it, it, it's well, not done before. I, now, I, I do think that we should probably move on from this specific point before anyone remembers that J.M. Straczynski also wrote Superman comics. Uh, <laughs> he did uh, write. So he did, uh... and he also wrote. Um, <laughs> You know, he also wrote Supreme Power, which was one of my favorite Marvel Max titles. Uh, sir, sir, I, did you just say Supreme Power, the direct ripoff yes. of the Justice League? It's not well, a ripoff, it's, it's, it's a of, subversion. It's a little, no, it's different. It's like the Justice League, but it's like grim and gritty. No. <laughs> Wrong. Supreme Power and the Squadron Supreme. Supreme Power and the Squadron Supreme are explicitly about power consolidation amongst the elite and amongst the rich and the powerful. And not just about, and, and how defying, the, the dangers of these characters defying the order that they've been trapped in could create a, a you know a, a brave new world. That it, it is the it is the Aldous Huxley of of mainstream superhero comics. Sir, like, have you no shame? <laughs> <laughs> have you no shame. In the venerable halls of Oxford, you invoke the name Aldous Huxley to talk about. Piers is red in the Supreme. face. <laughs> and the original Squadron Supreme was good too. The- Nighthawk. 
Nighthawk, by the way. Yeah, again, and Bat, like, Black yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Squadron Supreme is so cool. Like the Nighthawk character, this kind of like badass dude <laughs> dressed in black, is a rich guy. Yeah, they, 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 I don't think you're gonna win the Nighthawk, DC versus Nighthawk Marvel argument by Nighthawk hanging it on fucking GMS. Squadron Supreme. JMS's Nighthawk is a hotep. I've never seen anything <laughs> like that before. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, Ga- Gabe, did you I, have any final words on this? Uh, look, I, I, I think it's in the eye, of the, it, it's up, it's up to the reader, to be honest. I mean, when you, when you look at DC, it's, it's romanticism. And when you look at Marvel, there's more, it's realism, you know, it's just two, two different schools of art. And that's how I see it. I, I'm a, I, I just fall into the Marvel camp. Um, and you know, I already said it's all about Grey Hulk. It's all about Punisher. Uh, it's all about, uh, McFarlane's run in Spider-Man. It's uh, Venom. I loved yeah. uh, Eddie Brock versus Spider Man was some of my favorite stuff to read, and uh, it, that it it burned uh, an imprint in my mind as a child, and uh, I can't I can't abide. I don't care about Flash. I don't care about Green Arrow. <laughs> I mean, and that's I the fucked care. up thing. That's the fucked up thing about this. I haven't even like gotten into Flash. Yeah. Like I haven't. Yeah, even, we like, haven't gotten into Flash. We haven't gotten into a lot of Green Lantern. We haven't has not gotten... been mentioned at all. We because we haven't. I, I mentioned. Mean, I mentioned. I mentioned Parallax once we, when. Uh, but it, it's I, because I, we haven't had to. It, it's because it's. So I have clear. anxiety. I, I feel anxiety when people say, "Hey, do you want to watch a Green Lantern movie?" Like I try to go to the I try to go to the Wikipedia page and I'm like, what? There's like a lantern corp. There's like orange lanterns. Annihilation. <laughs> Annihilation was just as good as the Sinestro Core War. Uh yes, I agree with that. Yeah. And that was that was that was cosmic Marvel and Cosmic DC firing on both guns at the same time. Man, like George W. Bush, worst president in American history, but goddamn the comics were good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the last uh thing. This is kind of a we didn't really come up with a great way to phrase this, but j- basically which comic is which universe is better for the world or our the, our future leftist utopia as we hope to create? And I'll let the yeah. uh, Marvel Marvel side uh, please uh, make your case. Gabe, you want to do that? You want to open okay, this one up? Okay, uh, sure. Look, I, I think about uh, Matt Murdock as a as an attorney and Daredevil, and uh, thinking <laughs> about uh, fair housing and the whole the whole the whole first run of. Um, the Daredevil series dealt with real estate and yeah. uh, what's what's better than talking about real estate which is one of the the pillars of oppression uh that we have out there that's keeping us from an egalitarian uh socialist society and i just uh, want to say that, yeah rest in peace to mrs cardenas the old lady who the kingpin firebombs <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Gabe, I I, I I can see your point. That is good stuff, but you can get that from the nation. <laughs> by reading the nation, okay? <laughs> if you want to <laughs> deep, dive deep into what really motivates people, what why why it's important to fight for things, to fight for good, to fight for truth, to fight for justice, you have to read DC yeah. because these are mythical characters, as as Jack um, pointed out earlier. They are mythical characters, and like the Greek myths, they reveal our virtues and our vices. And this is what's most important to get from an art, right? It's not specifically you have to care about this housing uh, problem in New York because you know what? Most people don't live in New York. I know as a New Yorker, this blows your yeah. mind that most people do not live in New York, <laughs> but most of us do not. <laughs> 
So if we, but if we want to, how if we want to have those similar fights in our neighborhoods, we have to look to something more universal, and that is what the DC universe offers to the world. Wait, wait, wait. We haven't even talked about the X-Men yet, I've come to realize. Oh, uh, because <laughs> Disney doesn't want you talking about the X-Men, sir. Well, they do now. Well, they, they, they do, do now. now. They do now. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll be, we'll be getting that crossover at the expense human? of thousands of people in L.A. and New York losing their jobs. Let me take the floor for you, J.B. Uh, Professor X is uh, Martin Luther King, and Magneto is Malcolm X, and uh, Stan Lee is no. very smart. And uh, no. the mutants, the they're like either the gay people is, or minorities. Yeah, or or... yeah. oh, it's so br- all right. Now we can just skip over that part because there's nothing else to say about it. <laughs> of course, it's very woke. They're very it's persecuted. More, it's more than that. It's more than that. It's it's it is the beginning. Of comic books literally reaching out to non-white freaks, and 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 Sir, not just are you not comparing the- uh, black people to mutants? <laughs> I'm not just comparing black people to mutants. I'm also comparing LGBT people, Hispanic people, anybody who didn't fit that Peter Parker reader mold, which was you know the white nerd power fantasy. The X Men started to subvert that, and the X Men have done more. In, I mean, if we want to talk about like social issues, there have been more. Mutants of color, MOCs. <laughs> there, there's, there's been, there's been, there's been LGBT mutants. Yeah, MLGBTQ. Uh, yeah, and uh, look, you know, I think it's kind of lame that Iceman's gay now, like forty years later. But like, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Marvel has a gay Iceman. Uh, DC has a gay Green Lantern. The, I, I, Which and Green a black is? Green the stakes Lantern. are not as high because there's so many Green Lanterns. And a black Green Lantern. And basically, and the diversity of the, a cat Green Lantern. Basically, there's the, a Muslim, t- Muslim Green a Lantern. Planet, a planet Green Lantern. The diversity of the Green Lantern Corps supersedes the uh, Mar- uh, Marvel X- Marvel's X-Men's diversity like alone. So I, I don't know what how why you would pick this topic, especially since Marvel has tried to kill off the X-Men repeatedly so it was really interesting when scarlet witch didn't say no more discrimination she said no (laughs) No more mutants so if you want black people to uh think that they are the mutants there i don't know (laughs) how you're saying that this is a i mean that's the that's the thing that it's another one of these problems of like marvel existing in the real world but also trying to be allegory for the real world where it's like Okay, this is kind of trying to be allegory for oppressed people, but they also shoot lasers from their hands and, like, do actually represent a real danger and shit. Like, it kind of gets muddied. Um, yeah, but life is dangerous. Life is messy. Life's confusing. Yeah, that's so, why so, we need. That's why we need the, the power of myth to help us work it all out. But the power of myth is useless if it never interacts with everyday people. The well, power- then let's talk about interacting with everyday people. Okay. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the characters and let's talk about why um why why DC characters are more important to building this uh socialist utopia of the future. Um and it's because I actually think that you know the superheroes You're a Posadist. It's a Posadist argument. <laughs> Superman's an alien god. No, I no, get no. it. I think that I think that superheroes are important. Uh, uh, as a a social, you know, sort of construct that teach us that, like, to rise up against evil and to, like, fight for the little guy. Like, you know, we're talking about, you know, superheroes as a, as a concept. Like, this all started, these early Superman comics weren't about him fighting, 
you know, aliens. These, like, first couple issues of Superman were, like, he's fighting Lex Luthor, like a rich guy. Uh, he's showing up at women's houses when they're, like, being, you know, abused in a domestic abuse relationship, which is... I mean, there is a very funny scene in early Superman where the newspaper gets a call that, like, a wife beating is happening. And so Superman, like, goes to stop it. But these are, you know, these are the things that the whole superhero idea was created, uh, uh, was to sort of inspire us, you know, that we can uh, uh, stand up against, you know, uh, evil and, and power uh, uh, to, to fight for the little guy. And that entire idea comes from Superman. The the entire thing. If you want to talk about how inspirational the X-Men are, uh, uh, that is all based off of the core seed idea of Superman. It all comes back to this one man created by Canadian immigrants uh, who, you know, is, is dressed in a strongman outfit uh, who has more power than other people uh, using that power to fight for the little guy. Um it all comes from that. And so if you're talking about, you know, which which characters uh, are better for our socialist utopia future, I'd say that it has to be DC because DC has like the enduring icon, uh, you know, that everyone in the world knows stands for like good above all else. Uh, and that's why superheroes are important. Yes. Thank you. That's a good. Uh, is that your closing statement? Yeah, that's my closing that's, statement. It's a good one. All right, uh, <laughs> Gabe, you want to go or should I go? I mean, he's you know you're talking about Superman. I get it, uh, but I just remember him in uh, Dark Knight Returns, uh, fi- fighting for Ronald Reagan mm. and the United States. And, uh, Again, though, that's in Elseworlds. As JDB <laughs> mentioned earlier, it's not in canon. <laughs> yeah, and I I think uh, I think it's important for characters uh, for humans to be able to identify not only with uh to identify with the character and their weaknesses as well you know um you're looking at superman is someone i could never identify with because he was bulletproof and because he used uh laser vision and he had no neurosis no inner inner life he was perfect um whereas a marvel character is someone who's got who's got flaws and as as someone with flaws who would like to have power uh i can see uh, I, I like a character who has to overcome some obstacles, and I think there's something universal in that. You know, uh, if we look at like G, like uh, let's take Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman is Jesus performing all of his miracles and and being arrogant, uh, turning water into wine. But then, like a Marvel character is Jesus when he's in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane, you know, and he's like, "Damn, I'm gonna get crucified tomorrow." <laughs> and he's, am I am I gonna get betrayed by my boys like that? And that's the that's the character that I like—a character that's kind of always in crisis and still doing the right thing. Uh, and that's what Marvel uh, gives us—the uh. character in crisis who does the right thing. And Piers is nodding and, and no, uh, is, rubbing his stomach. He is, he's falling asleep. Oh, he's yeah. falling asleep. <laughs> um, so my cl- clo- closing argument for um, Batman, I like as you, as anyone who's heard this debate, I've barely scratched the surface of Batman and his mythos. I haven't talked about Robin. I haven't talked about Cat Catwoman. If you want to talk about relatable, how about Jim Gordon? Everybody loves a uh, cop, <laughs> a good cop, the one good cop, yeah, who ex- like Danny Fatante, explicitly, yes, exactly like Fatante, who explicitly <laughs> and explicit uh, criticism of our criminal justice system while also being, you know, something aspirational. 
what we will want a cop to be. And we will want a cop to actually not do his job, but to have a superhero do his job for him and him just take all the credit. I feel like... You don't you don't see Gordon agitating to abolish the Gotham PD. He does, it's the most corrupt police organization in America. But the thing is, he gets rid of all the corrupt cops. So, in a sense, he does abolish it, uh, uh, JDB. And you're interrupting me during my closing arguments. All right, you're right. I, f- I apologize. You should apologize. You should apologize to me and to Pierce. Yeah. Pierce is actually demanding that you apologize. I apologize, Pierce. Okay, so we haven't talked about Two Face. What a great character that is. We haven't <laughs> talked. We haven't talked. The villain. Uh, great villain. Sorry. Great villain. Excellent villain. A uh, one. A man. Literally, du- mm-hmm. duality of man in the superhero character. We haven't talked about Bane. The greatness of Bane as a supervillain who was born into a prison. Again, criticizing the prison industrial complex, but yeah. himself made himself into the strongest person who was actually able to defeat Batman. Who you? Think ba- has no flaws, uh, but he was. I just realized right now that Bane is like a mix between like a pro wrestler Charles Manson, and he's also POC. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, sir. <laughs> the two, uh, three oppressed groups: serial killers, pro wrestlers, <laughs> and POC. We haven't talked about No Man's Land, where the United wow. States government abandoned a city. Does, does that sound familiar? Because it happened before <laughs> Katrina, it was published before mm-hmm. Katrina happened. Like Lex was president and Lex in the Lu- ni- in like the two thousands. Yeah, Lex Luthor as president, who Batman fought, so it counts for my uh, argument. So I I I I don't know what else to say because I feel like everyone knows instinctively that DC is superior to Marvel. Even my um, my opponents in this debate constantly ended up talking themselves into circles basically defending dc or defending marvel but by with its uh connections to dc whether it was punisher max the max line which is based on vertical or squadron supreme which is based on the justice league or ed brookbacher who was created by uh dc uh Editors. <laughs> <laughs> he was cloned by DC. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so there, I, I, I have nothing further to say. DC is so superior to Marvel that we basically should consider Marvel an imprint of DC because you're <laughs> you're our sons, uh, basically, and that's all. Before I, before I start my closing statement, uh, I just want to agree with a. Uh, Jack and Leslie, that Bane truly is a fantastic character. And if you're a fan of the creator of Bane, Chuck Dixon, you should check out his new comic, Alt-Hero, on Freestarter. (laughs) Because I'm sure it's going to be a knee slapper. Yeah, and and definitely Google Nick Spencer while you're at it, too. Yeah, while you're at it. Yeah, Nick Spencer. I'm not going to defend that guy. (laughs) Oh, boy, his tweets are terrible. Uh, Breaking character for a minute. So here's the thing. My closing statement. Both of these comic lines come from terrible corporations, especially now. They've all been bought. They've all been co-opted. Everything we loved as a kid is still here and wants our money for the rest of our fucking lives until we die. Uh, That's just how it is. Like, they're the enemy now. That said, to take in the themes that make our lives important and enrich us as, as, as human beings... In, in, in my escapist fantasy, here's what I care about. I care about secular humanism. I care about uh, kindness to other people. I care about helping my neighbors. I care about being loyal to my friends. These are everyday themes that people on the street deal with. Loyal to your These friends are, like Captain America and Iron Man. 
Continue. <laughs> yeah. Luke Cage, Daredevil, Peter Parker in Astoria. I could go on and on and on. Most of these characters live within a mile not, of each other. <laughs> a lot of them are in New York, but uh, New York is also Coast. very, very dense. I live in Los Angeles. I know how it feels, you know? But uh, I don't know who's 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 out in LA in the DC universe anyway. Like not Shazam. Uh, is there an LA in the DC? There universe? is no LA. Like, yeah, there's no real like, cities Coast there. City. Yeah, yeah. There's no cities. They're, they're all so, I guess there isn't then. So anyway, uh, if let me go city. Let then. me step back. The superheroes. The superheroes and escapism I require personally has to have an element of uh, some sort of attachment to everyday humanity in the world we live in, and. When I pick up a DC comic, now I will confess, I have no problem reading Elseworlds. But when I pick up a mainstream DC comic, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to end. I'm confused and I feel like there is an emotional detachment Mm. from, again, everyday people. And part of that is because these are stories about gods. These are Greek myths. But uh, Greek myths to me are, are, you know... They're fun, but uh, give me, give me, give me soap operas about people. Give me yeah. my stories. It's a great, it's a great closing argument. I would say though that when you pick up a DC comic, uh, the place to start is page one, and the place to finish is page twenty-two. Oh, uh, you can- <laughs> Thanks, Jack. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, since DC trades are never, they never have volume name numbers okay. on them. That's you just fair. don't know which one to pick up. Their trade policy is extremely, extremely bad. Uh, I'm not saying like. Look, I, I do want to point out say- that. If you want to re- dive into DC, um, you can read them for free via the Hoopla app that you can get access to from your local library, while Marvel has nothing on the Hoopla app. That is actually really cool. <laughs> that, <laughs> hey, that's cool that they're DC. working with libraries. I mean, eh. um, well, I don't think we solved anything today. No, uh, it's, almost, it's, almost if, it's almost as if it's almost as if it's almost as if these. Uh, the, the, these one side or the other fights that we are constantly being put in uh, serve nobody but a few corporations. Yeah. <laughs> it's, almost like, it's almost like episodes like of podcasts exactly like this one uh, uh, are just free marketing for uh, the biggest companies in the world. Speaking of, yeah. you can uh, hear uh, more of Struggle Session at patreon.com slash struggle session <laughs> to the Oxford students in the audience if you enjoy mm, yeah. this debate and peers too and please check out uh peers's uh new podcast at patreon.com <laughs> slash uh peers morgan the world with peers morgan um how's peers is doing uh peers how's the po- how's it going the, the patreon um yeah pa- he's getting that drop off every month too oh, where people yeah. like it uh, sucks you know the beginning yeah, it of the sucks, month peers, but look it's yeah, part it of the sucks. deal it's part of the thing whatever you've, you've made me realize it's stick like- in there stick in there buddy it, it, it's good patreon works and out. gave and gabe um uh you're with the K Halper show, uh, patreon.com slash K Halper, correct? That's right. The Katie Halper show. And it's also on WBAI every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And if you guys are ever in New York City, uh, well, some of you are, but uh, I always have a stand up comedy show at Pete's Candy Store on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. in Williamsburg. Awesome. Awesome. I'll be there in February. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah come through. All right. Well, uh, I just want to thank again the uh, Oxford students and staff, Oxford Union Hall, for inviting us to have this important debate. Thanks again. Uh, We're to taking be- it to 
Harvard next. Yeah. Uh, take uh, thank you, peers, for hosting us. And if you have your thoughts on the debate, we'll we'll take a tally of the audience uh, here. But if you're a listener of the show, if you're watching it on C-SPAN um, 7, um, <laughs> you can p- uh, please um, just uh, put your void in. We should probably run, we'll probably be running a poll on uh, Twitter.com slash Struggle Sesh or our Patreon page. All right. And, and come hang out in the Discord. Yeah, everyone in Oxford, come hang out. Come join our Discord. We'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll write the link on the um, projection. I, I, I'm passing out links to the uh, to the Oxford students uh, right. as we speak. Um, well, uh, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to it, for us to do an episode where it's not so controversial, where we're not in an argument with each other. Uh, so we'll have to talk about the Last <laughs> Jedi pretty soon. Yeah, we'll have to talk about, we'll, we'll have to talk about Last Jedi, which I uh, I think we'll probably all. Uh, be in agreement. Speaking on. of uh, uh, Gabe, thanks for coming on. Uh, um, it was really nice to meet you. I love, I love, the, I love the show, and uh, you know, uh, uh, you seem like a nice guy. Even though now we're enemies after this conversation. <laughs> hey, I'm, re- I'm just uh, glad to be part of the discourse. Next on BBC Radio 52, The Red Kahina Hour. Special guest Philip Greaves will analyse the fascist roots of Star Wars. All that and more on BBC Radio. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.